Hello, pants people. Welcome to episode 69. Nice. 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 <laughs> you know what else is nice? What else is nice? We're about to hit 10,000 downloads. What? Nice. Yeah. So if you have nice. any friends, like any friends at all, and you want to help us get to 10,000 downloads. <laughs> that was savage, man. It's <laughs> 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 savage. <laughs> If you have any friends at all. <laughs> oh my god. Send them our way. Say, hey, you know what? These guys are pretty cool. These guys are nice. nice. These guys are pretty nice. subject to bring up in our show, but I, well, I want to talk to y'all about death. More specifically, what happens to us after we die. This is, of course, a wildly complicated matter. One's true afterlife depends on the world they hail from and the deity they worship, or most impressed upon with their living actions. One thing we do know, though, is that by far most passing souls, those undamned, will find themselves on the fury plane just after their death. But we know nothing concrete of the true afterlives beyond this place. We've heard many accounts of the few plane from the return of Saint-Tion, who can sometimes remember their experiences there. They talk of an endless gray landscape connecting all of our 25 worlds and potentially many, many more. They talk of a beacon of light far in the distance calling out to them. They talk of a sense of peace, joy even as they are drawn towards that light and towards their final judgment. We don't know what awaits our souls at the base of that beacon, but we know, do know that it's something we must all come to face at the end of our time. Now wait just a damned minute. Now wait just a damn minute. <laughs> that was good. I didn't realize, honestly, at the moment, how good that was. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't realize the tieback, the callback. That was great. <clears throat> well, I didn't realize that you were going to ask for a Zebulon line. And when I, <laughs> I looked down at my little bottle. Oh, my God. And I was like, that that just fits. That just fits. <laughs> oh, so if you forgot, I, it was one episode ago, one week ago, I assume, uh, we received a letter and a gift, or three gifts, from D, Daniel. And uh, amongst those gifts were these three bottles. One of them, or two of them had the message. Now wait just a damn minute. Uh, Steven can explain more because you're going to hear a lot of my voice in this episode. <laughs> so I'm going to shut up for a minute. Yeah, I, uh, I did I did <laughs> D a little dirty, dirty last week um, where I just, I read the, the back, which I assumed was the front of his letter. I th- assumed it was like the introduction, but it was more like the conclusion. And, uh, <clears throat> and we read his, his potions. Um, but I knew that we were on a little bit of a time schedule, so I didn't want to, uh, read his letter, which explains how we're supposed to use the potions Yes, and says a lot of really nice things. So, um, I'm going to read it now. If you don't mind. Dear fantasy pants crew, 
My name is Daniel. I've been a fan of the show since y'all started, and the campaign I'm DMing started about the same time the show did. I have the distinct pleasure of DMing for none other than our lady of perpetual cartography, Rochelle. <laughs> like Rochelle, I am a priest, but instead of holy water, I've sent <clears throat> potions. <laughs> Real potions. First, to Stephen and Jeremy, every player knows that dungeon masters are human, even David. And I'm sure he very occasionally makes a questionable ruling. And uh, if and when that happens, you need a way to register your disapproval. So to that end, please find and close two potions of, now wait just a damn minute. <laughs> Give them to David as needed. Second, for David. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience as a DM, but sometimes a player takes a massive risk in a game and it does not go well. And sometimes when it doesn't go well, the party peppers you with a million questions about how they're supposed to get out of this mess that they freely and willingly got themselves into. That sounds accurate. <laughs> As though it was your fault. <laughs> if ever that happens to you, please find enclosed one potion of not my damn problem. Uh, disposed to any player as you see fit. Thanks so much for making such a fun podcast and sharing it with all the pants people out here. Happy New Year, D. So th thank you again, D. Really, th this was this was lovely. So I didn't realize at the time the drink <laughs> wasn't for me. It was to dispose to the player, right? Just as I see fit. <laughs> Given that, though, once again, once again, D. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. He's doing it again. My man, you incredible DM, you. <laughs> doing it again. He's doing it again. Oh shit! Do it again. Okay, hang on. Do it again. Then he builds up to it. Do you think he'll like it after a little while? No, absolutely not. There's like no we keep, universe. Well, so so here's the thing: is we'll keep spiking his rock stars with it. <laughs> oh my god! Look at his face. <laughs> oh, it's too much. It's too Dude, much. Oh, says, no. The second it oh. hit his tongue, his mm -hmm. eyes went wide. How how far oh. down are you? How far down are you in that bottle oh, now? Oh god, halfway. Okay, so these are, these are for anybody else who these oh. are just little. They're little nips, you know, like you that's not little. Well, I mean, it's it's a fifty milliliter. Oh, it's a little nip. So the way these are supposed to okay. work is that we're supposed to give David these potions. So now he is halfway through oh. his. Wait, what? Have to and drink ours. No, <laughs> no, no. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I will happily, I will happily drink the uh, Jack Daniel's Tennessee honey whiskey when when oh, it comes yeah. time. When I'm really, really stressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When when we hit that wait just a damn minute. I'm drunk again. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. Well, that's how we like you, David. <laughs> Well, pants people, you are going to have to wait just a damn minute before we get into this final fight, because we need to step back in time. We need to step back to the early afternoon of the previous day, to the moment that Zebulon Black died. You guys ready for this? Hey, I mean, I think, I think so. Yeah. I don't have a choice, but... <laughs> you don't. <laughs> we locked the doors. What happened? I think that's probably the first thing that's running through your mind, Zebulon. What happened? You remember that battle in the manor? Jumping into that room to save those hostages, all sort of tied up in the back. Two figures charging across the room to face you. And you're facing two of them down, side by side, the, the body of one behind you. You're going to save these people. You cut one down, turn to the last remaining guy. Fight all but one, and then a voice echoing through your mind. Jessen's voice, but something wrong with it. Something dark is happening just outside these walls. What happened to Jules? Where is Jules? And then a presence behind you. 
Something shadowy appears, strikes out. Twice you're struck by this thing. Your mind erupts with this, this dark energy. You're falling unconscious, falling into blackness. In that blackness, something sharp digging into your body. A, a weapon? A, a spear? And the last thing you remember was music. A note of music, a, a feeling of inspiration. Jules. Jules was there. He was right there. He was coming to save you. And then, and then you're in this place, this gray landscape. Nothingness surrounding you. Gray skies, gray sands, footsteps all over, but no feet to leave them. No wind to break them. These footsteps, how old are they? How many souls have passed through this place? And I believe your line, if you want to repeat it for the audience, was, Jules, anybody, Jules. Let's get us, get, get us in the scene. Did he say Jules, anybody, or did he say Jules, guys, Jules? He said, you said Jules, guys, Jules. Oh, was it guys? It was guys. Well, don't listen to me. I don't watch the show. <laughs> I only watch good podcasts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go. Jules! Guys! Jules! And then, Amelia, your voice is answered by not Jules, a woman's voice. Alejo! Where is Alejo? You turn and see that a woman has appeared beside you. A woman in her 30s, dressed in a simple, patchy street dress, deeply tired eyes, dark hair, a frazzled mess. You have not seen this woman before, but I will tell you that Crispin has. <laughs> when he barged into the upstairs room through that door, <sighs> the first thing he saw was another body yeah. dropped by Jessinth. This woman is looking around frantically, and her eyes fall on you. My son! My son! Is he here? Where? Where? Uh, Zebulon's looking around. I, I, I don't think so. I, I haven't seen. I don't even know where we are. I. What happened? I. We were taken hostage, by some madmen. Me, my son, a bunch of others. We were locked in a room waiting, and some shadow, some creature. It. It. And her eyes go wide as she starts looking around, and like, this sort of heavy realization hits. Just you could see the moment it just hits her pupils as she turns to look at you. Killed me. I'm dead. We're dead. This... This is the fugue playing the afterlife. No. No. Alejo. I will take care of my Alejo. <laughs> and she just drops to her knees. And Zebulon, what is your reaction hearing this? Dan, a laugh. Dan just bumped her head. He on just the, laughs on the, the face of death. This bold <laughs> woman crying, and Zebulon just. <laughs> Ze Zebulon looks down at, at his hands and his body. Does he? Does he look any different? You are wearing the same equipment you were wearing when you died. I mean, everything looks normal, as if you're. If this is true, if you died, if your soul essentially copied its exact form, maybe the form you recognize as yourself when it appeared here. I don't even know if this is a concept that Zebulon can really understand. Right. The idea of a soul being sort of given context by your 
your mind, your own contextualization of yourself. I don't know what that even means. But yeah, I'm, I'm, about, as, I'm about as wise and smart as Zebulon, so. Wow. I, I guess, I guess he must have got me too. Um, well, J- Jules is still there. Jules is there, so it's, it's going to be okay, right? She's still on the ground, just weeping. Maybe you're looking down at this, and what are you, what are you feeling in this moment? It's obviously a lot to process. He's disappointed. He's disappointed because he feels, he feels like he had so much potential, and he was really starting to get there. He's really starting to become somebody. Cut down his prime. But he feels good about about doing it, you know? Because he there's there's a reality where he could have still been sitting in Arhalan's apartment, but he got out. He became a luminary. Heck, he's got an action figure. And I'll give you something else, too. As you see this woman here crying and you realize... You died. You appeared here. She died. She appeared here. It seems there's some kind of like location based. Like you'll appear in the same spot when you die. No one else has appeared. There are so many hostages there and not a single one. All the people in the room, you remember their faces. Not one of them has appeared here. And you realize that you did it. Well, where are all the bad guys? It's a fine question. Roll. You know what? How about you roll for me? Ooh, okay. Give me your religion check. Yeah, let me pull out <gasps> Zebulon's die. Oh my gosh. Which I Oh my god. Haven't used. Wow. Since that day. Since yeah, holy crap. All right. What's your trash stat here, Zebulon? Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Minus two to religion. Fifteen though. Fifteen. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. That's pretty good. Um you killed those guys, so yeah, you think, why aren't they here? And then maybe it strikes you. I think it was mentioned before. Like, you were aware of the fact that the people that were after Jules were involved in some kind of cult. I mean, hell, it was a demon that struck you down. And practitioners who swear themselves to particular demons, they sometimes don't even enter the fugue plane. Their souls are already claimed, and they go straight to the abyss, to the hells, wherever damnation awaits them. And so, it makes sense. These souls were sworn elsewhere. Well, if if uh, if your son's not here, then that means that means they saved him, right? Isn't that wow? I'm wow. I'm really sorry, but he's gonna be okay. I think her weeping sort of quiets. Her face sort of in her hands and her hollow eyes kind of look up towards you and maybe there is something there some level of peace or understanding and then something flickers on the horizon you see her face slowly abruptly turn away from you straight on deeper into the desert and I think you turn as well almost not of your own volition as you see a beacon of light has sort of flared up far in the distance, breaking the monotony of this gray. You see, her eyes are just locked onto it. Her fears are just drowned out by some sudden sense of of peace. Just what you'd given her magnified, deepened until it's everything she, she seems to feel, and slowly she rises up from her knees, 
and just stares and and you feel it too you feel that light this warmth this peace washing over you it's so good you want to approach it you want to go there because whatever you feel now what's there is so much more so much better you see her feet begin to move across the gray sand as she starts alejo alejo walking towards the light do you want to walk towards the light or do you want to resist it zebulon i mean he doesn't have any reason to resist it so you want to move yeah you take a step forward towards this that step feels so good but then something on your shoulder you feel like something just like just appears there suddenly some kind of presence and in this presence it reverberates through your body like a note of music. As this feeling, the sound courses through that pole of the light seems to retreat away. It still calls, and maybe you still want to go, but it isn't overpowering. As a woman silently walks away farther and farther, perhaps you turn to this presence on your shoulder. And you turn to see, well, what does he see, Jeremy? What does Jules bardic inspiration look like in this space jamal the pangolin <laughs> oh god <laughs> we're bringing it all back baby bringing it back you know why because we didn't mention this this is episode 69 oh it gentlemen. is yeah <laughs> nice. nice nice give me some nice all right, fist bones around the table. <laughs> <laughs> you look into the eyes of this pangolin. So does it just look like a straight pangolin? Like, just a normal-ass pangolin? Yeah, I mean, it's decidedly Jamal. Fuck yeah, all right, it's awesome. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, does this pangolin do anything? As Zebulon's eyes sort of turn and start noticing it for the first time. Oh, you feel that, Jamal, that, that. they got you too. <laughs> Poor sweet Jamal. Nah, nah, Zeb. Nah, nah, nah. Nah. <laughs> Jamal can talk? Jamal, you can talk? Oh my god, it's me. It, <laughs> J- Jules? Yeah. <laughs> are, are you... Did we lose? Are you dead too? Nah, you're dead, Zeb. I'm good. Here, here, look, let me show you. Um, You're looking at this pangolin, you're looking deep in these eyes, and again, you feel that sort of music, that note just reverberate through your body, Zebulon. And then the gray landscape around you seems to just like fade away. And you are looking through Jules' eyes. You're seeing yourself lying beneath him on the stony floor of the manor. You see your body. Jules sort of collapsed over it. And as you're looking at this, events are sort of continuing around you. Ramin rushing into the room with a number of others. Surviving hostages now untied or funneling into the room from all directions. All eyes on you. That you. You are the center of attention and it only cost your life. Big line right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These events continue as you're sort of carried away. And I'll ask, like, do you want to continue watching do you want to watch your own funeral 
Oh, man. That's a tough one. I'm interested in seeing this because Zebulon's always been so, you know, I guess interested in, in, in social perception of himself. Would he want to know, like, who turns up? How do they react? Like, just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if his mind is there yet. You know, I think he's still getting over being dead. But yeah, it, I mean, it, it seems like it's either submit to being dead and walk towards the light or figure out exactly what's going on here why he's hearing Jules' voice and why he can why he can see what's happening yeah i mean out of out of that level of curiosity he's going to keep watching hell yeah hell yeah so you proceed up towards moreno watching through Jules' eyes as everything just moves around you in a blur your body laid on an altar ramin moving towards it to sort of prepare it, speaking quiet words. The teary eyes of all the people you saved and those who heard of your bravery all around you. You see a character. We mentioned her before. This will be your first time seeing her. Rinbel Strongheart, the mysterious dwarven cleric who served a deity of the death domain unknown to those at Moreno, perhaps to anyone in your set of worlds. We see her dark reddish hair with a single streak of white, her silver raven skull pauldrons between which are draped an array of black feathers. Her black chasuble seems to billow, even hidden from the outside wind in this chapel. As we close down now, we can even see how unnaturally the cloth seems to move, more akin to some dark, twisting shadow. You see a lot of things as a funeral is prepared, as people speak, as... Your perspective gets up and slowly approaches the altar, taking lute in hand, and you hear Jules' song, his final cry out, his pleas. Yeah, that, that moves Zebulon to tears. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing to be sad, but it's a whole other thing to see your, your friends and your loved ones be sad. As Jules' song comes to an end bringing a deep silence over the room. I think you notice that Rin's eyes are focused on him. I think you see that she makes a curious expression as if something in him is is being seen, something beyond him. And then she's just gone from the chapel, fading away like a shadow exposed to bright light. Yet you still see her Zebulon, superimposed over everything you're seeing now, for she stands before you in the fugue plane. Her eyes take you in, and she speaks. (laughs) Jeremy, we apologize for the audio quality, uh, but I think this is amazing. Oh my god. You ready for this? That's so cool. You ready for this? All right, Rochelle, take it away. Hello, Zabulon. I'm afraid we haven't been formally introduced, but I think you already know that I am Renbell's strong heart, as unlike most, you have seen what has passed since, well, since you passed. And I am sorry about that, Zebulon, but you are dead. The magic of the place you died, though, it's different. And the timing of your death 
fortuitous. You are going to be given a chance few are given, but it is only for a moment. Like me, you are not of that world, and death, death will not forget you. When your chance is done, you will return here, to this in-between place. I have known many young valiants like you, luminaries, and those who have not come quite as far. I am one who serves the lady of fate and death, a keeper of the final gate. And I am no stranger to this in-between that is neither life nor death. And those who find themselves lingering here tend to be two kinds. The first are afraid. They are afraid of what lies beyond. The second are those who can't let go of what they leave behind. Now you do not strike me as a coward, nor as the type who does not trust their friends. But if you linger, it's saying that you don't trust that they can carry on without you. Because you have to trust that, Zebulon. You have to trust that your friends and the others you died for will keep going. You have to trust that what you did was enough. Otherwise, well, otherwise they died for nothing. I don't believe that, but it's not what I believe that matters. I know you wanted to be a hero. I know you sought the life of a luminary. I think you wanted to create a world in which children would play with action figures of you. But Zabulon, a real hero, makes the world safe for children to play in regardless of whether they know his name. And rogues do their best work when they are unseen, after all. This is what I will offer you, Zebulon. When your chance is done, you will return here, and you will have a choice. You can rest, or you can go on. There is more work should you choose to take it up. Or, of course, you can stay here, stop, mourning, pouting, whatever it is that you're doing. But whatever you wanted from being a luminary, whatever you thought being a hero might mean, you are a rogue, and you are at your best in the shadows, maybe even the shadow of your brother. But there are other worlds, Zebulon Black, including the world of the lady I serve. And I do not doubt that my lady has a place for you. And I can only imagine what you could accomplish, what kind of hero you would be in a world of shadows. So, Zebulon Black, remember that when your chance is done and when you return. Remember that when you choose. As his final line sort of echoes around you, and I think the funeral scene just sort of fading away, you see this figure once again fades like a shadow in the light. Hey, hey, wait a second. Get get back here. Hey, (laughs) I didn't ask for this, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. There is no answer 
you feel perhaps that presence yet lingers somewhere beyond that light. Zebulon turns to find Jules Jamal. Can you believe what she said? <laughs> <laughs> I brought my brother? That one kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah, she got you that good Zeb. <laughs> the Vaglin! The just rubs it in. God, so good. Oh, thank you so much, Rochelle. I was so was excited. Sweet. I was so excited when we got to talk about it. And then, oh my gosh. It what was just, an amazing feature. Dude. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. Oh. So maybe at the end of all of this, there is still some unknown future for Zebulon Black. Maybe he'll be out there adventuring with Rochelle someday. Somewhere out there someday. But not this day. For another part of her message sort of lingers in your mind. An opportunity, a chance to go back. You don't know how this is possible. You never heard of something like this, but who can say what can be done beyond the mortal ken? What do you do, Zebulon? Well, what the heck am I supposed to do now? Are you asking the pangolin? Yeah, I'm the only one who's here. <laughs> it's just you and you and a pangolin. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, like, my guide or something? Yeah, you could say that. I'm a, I'm a projection of everything you know Jules to be. So, well, I'm not Jules per se. So I'm here with myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I don't know what to do, then how are you going to know what to do? <laughs> All you know, Zebulon, that this thing is it, its some sort of link to Jules. And as you sort of focus on it, deeply focus, you can see through it. And you can see what Jules is experiencing. Do you want to, I mean, actually, do you want to roll a check to see if you kind of connect those dots, Deb? Yeah, what, what do you want for a roll? Uh, I would like, ooh, that's a good one. Doesn't matter. It's a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Doesn't matter. Zab. It's God. Yeah, that's that's exactly why I don't use these die anymore. This has to be the Sunweaver. <laughs> God. I was like, I was so excited to pick these dice up and play this character for a minute. You can't even escape it in death. Jesus. Uh, if I saw the wisdom save, would that be like a negative three or something on that, neg- on that one? Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think what strikes you in this moment is... An opportunity is supposed to await you. You don't know what. You don't know where. Right. You like, know you have this link. And at the very least, like, whatever this thing is, we know, I think I mentioned earlier on, this is the bardic inspiration that was cast on you as you died way back in Hero Time Part 3. Jules' magic has a tendency to do strange things when he's feeling very emotional. And I think we can chalk this up to another one of those. But you don't know that. What you do know is that this is a link. It's a way to see what's happening in the material plane. And if you have a chance to go back there, you know that gathering intel is definitely an important part of... All right. I I guess I'll... I guess I'll watch some more. I I really hope this isn't a clip episode. (laughs) We'll skip fast. (laughs) So you kind of plant yourself here in this nothingness. You feel no hunger, by the way. No thirst. No exhaustion you are 
starting to realize it that you are you are a soul untethered except for this pangolin on your shoulder and so you sit and you watch time passes you see the meeting in the chapel you see Jules breaking away from Jean Franklin their final goodbye which I believe will be the last time you ever see Jean Franklin Montelio man they got over my dad super quick <laughs> They're sad. They're sad, damn it. Jean looks real sad when I he wrote leaves. the whole song for you. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm going to go back and delete that episode. It was only like a day. Not even a day. I think it was like eight hours. Yeah, this scene was like two hours later. Yeah. So, yeah. They, so you got shit to do. No, I know. I'm just. <laughs> um, that's the last time you see Jean. As he sort of turns away, Jules moves out, climbs on top of Crispin, and turns into a horse. And they ride off into the borderlands with dance. <laughs> this is a weird show. Um, <laughs> you see a long journey into the borderlands. You watch as they enter the town of Milpazul amidst some calamity in the local uh, Pukiria. You see the moment they break in, the smoke clears, and you see your brother changed. You see corpses smoking beneath the bar that he just felled. You watch the entire fight against the pooch. And actually, as this happens, uh, in the distance, you can see some figures start appearing, dotting the sort of fugue plain landscape around you. You can hear just this howling voice go, Oh, no! It looks like that pooch just got put down! Oh, man! (laughs) (laughs) Figures begin to wander towards the light. Man, that guy sucks. You also see the uh, <laughs> the near fight after that battle when Arhalon comes dangerously close to killing Jules in the in the wake of his heartbreak. You hear his own scathing words about you, and the night carries on, just watching your friends move like a phantom, staying here waiting for your chance. As time is passing, as, as I mean. Is this becoming more real to you, Zebulon? Like, the shock of this initial death, it's been, at this point, hours and hours. Time, while you're linked here, seems to flow in accordance with the material plane. You could feel it passing through Jewel's experience while there is no day or night or time here. Yeah, I'm going to imagine that for Zebulon, this is cathartic. Like, Hmm. I don't know how to deal with being dead because I haven't tried that yet. But <laughs> you haven't tried it. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> but but I'm gonna There's guess. There's for that. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that that at least for Zebulon, this is probably an okay way to deal with it. To still feel like you have some sort of control maybe or you're still involved somehow being able to see knowing that maybe you can help I think that's kind of what he's focusing on maybe because he's not ready to accept that he's dead yet so he's holding on to that that Uh, little thread out of curiosity just because I'm trying to imagine like the scene are you just kind of sitting sort of quietly watching all this are you like openly discussing your thoughts with your pangolin buddy yeah there's maybe there's some some interaction back and forth yeah it's like 
<laughs> Come on, give me some of this. Yeah, there's, the people there's, need com- this. <laughs> there's commentary back and forth. I need an example. Yeah, you're peeping Tom, ain't you? <laughs> you're following me this whole time? Yeah, I'm waiting to see if you're ever going to kiss her. Like... <laughs> I don't know how much time I have like this, but I think it's running out. Fuck. Take a button, both of you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I dropped Jeremy's. (laughs) Jeremy doesn't get a button anymore. Okay, here you go. Thank you. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. And I think time passes. You hit daybreak the next day, you hit the morning, you watch <laughs> maybe this exact dialogue is happening as uh as you watch Jules and Dance setting up the ofrendas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember there were some close, awkward moments then. There yeah. were. There were some close moments. It's really fun just you I mean you're watching like now a second sort of in a way a second funeral. There's a friend of being set up. You see a, a giant pile of nondescript foodstuffs. Mm-hmm. Your phantom tummy rumbles. <laughs> <laughs> that that looks Really good right about now. <laughs> and as you sort of like, as this scene passes, as they sort of get back on the trail, heading towards the, the farmstead that Arhalan pointed out on the trail of Miskin, I think you're staring out at the borderlands. I like to imagine this is like, as you're seeing these memories are superimposed over the landscape around you, but there's such nothingness around you that like these memories take everything right they take they, they, they sort of take precedence over and so you don't really see like maybe that beacon of light is always kind of off in the distance somewhere as you're watching through jewels but nothing else but then they enter the borderlands and you're looking you're kind of watching this is where monotony takes over you know there's a cactus there's a cactus there's a rock that looks like a cactus there's a hey zab why does that cactus look so weird <laughs> oh don't even do this again there helix flowers come on like with this <laughs> God damn it. All right. And you see, fuck you, fuck you. Then you you see a particularly weird looking cactus. (laughs) You see something strange. No, no, it's, it's not a, it's not a cactus. It's a, a person, a figure in the distance, almost like a ghost, barely, Visible, almost translucent. And you're watching them and you realize no one's looking towards this, this, this figure. No one's reacting in the memory. And you realize it's because it's not in the memory. It's here on the fugue plane with you. Do you drop the link? Yeah, Zebulon like takes his VR glasses <laughs> off. Take the pangolin off your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, eyes to eyes with the pangolin drops his, yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, however you want to describe it. But yeah, I like the idea of it's, it, it feels like, you know, Zebulon's sitting in place or standing in place and everything's moving around him. It's projected in his, under his world. But yeah, and he can see this figure walk through and it takes him a minute and he realizes it's like breaking through that vision. Yeah, then he, he, he drops the, the Jewel's vision, the Jewel's link. The Jewel's link. Yeah, I, I love, the VR goggles. I love that actual, that image. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. So yeah, all the sort of color of the outside world vanishes in an instant and you are left in the grayness. And you see that figure is moving. 
far in the distance, but you realize they are moving towards you. Perhaps they've been moving for a long time, but until you stepped out of the town, the borderlands, in this sort of memory, you couldn't see them. And they're not far off. Do you want to approach them? Yeah, I guess, yeah, Zebulon's going to walk towards them. As you move closer, you can see a large and imposing figure, though burdened by deep pain or exhaustion. You can't really tell. Their walk is more akin to stumbling. Their large form sort of bent at the back. You can also see what looks like dark, tight clothing. A, a black max. A black... <laughs> fuck. Start the whole line over. No, I think it's funny. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it in. It's staying in. A black mask with a design on the front almost like and you get a little closer almost like a skull and you know this figure you have seen them before Mateo Cortez Dance's older brother the luminary and luchador known as Demilich did you say that in Storyteller Orin's voice when little, he originally said little, Demi Lich in like the first episode? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. Demi Lich. Um, <laughs> he was there during the fall of Tythos. He was killed that day by Ozen Yoshikatsu before everything went wrong. And he's still here. Still apparently fighting that light. And you realize he sees you too. He's moving towards you. There's purpose in his stumbling, exhausted form. He's trying desperately to reach you. Zebulon start to run towards him. You move up and up and up until you are just beside him. You can see he's like trying to talk, but his voice is muted. He's so tired. You said Zebulon has all of his gear on him that he died with. You do. Yes. Uh, Almost a weird projection of the gear, but yeah, you have, yeah, you have wh- it. Yeah, what happens if he tries to, like, reach for a, a water skin or something? I mean, yeah, try it. Okay, he tries it. You you grab the, <laughs> you, you get it, yeah, you, you feel the water in your hands, like, and then be like, I don't know if you understand that this is kind of like a projection of water. You don't need to drink here, but, like, you could probably still taste the water. You could probably still feel it the way you remember it being felt. And so you you kind of move towards Demulich offering this, Reprieve. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think without sort of still grumbling, <sighs> the figure grabs the water and takes a long sip. A sip that means nothing, but as you kind of look at this, the expression on his face sort of seems like it means everything. And then, <sighs> I remember you, the little brass with the angry brother. You were there on Tythos. Did a uh, did you see me suplex that bench or whatever <laughs> yeah. during the storm? That was fun. Wow, <laughs> wow Tythos. Yeah, I, I remember you too. Yeah, Demulich. Um, yeah. Wow. That was, that was pretty cool that day. Yeah, that was... Yeah, wow. I, I guess I didn't expect to see you here. I didn't think I'd see you here. I'm sorry to see that you died. Thanks, yeah, I was... I was really bummed when you died. I I was a fan. I mean, I I am a fan. I'm a I'm a fan of yours. Hey, that's I appreciate you. Yeah, even though we're both both what? We're both dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're dead. Wait. Uh, if you don't mind my asking, 
Where were you when it happened? You know, when you died? I, I was on uh, San Sion. You were... Oh, he gets, like, visibly excited. More energy kind of returns his body. You were... Oh, so I finally made it. And probably too late. <laughs> Damn it. Damn, Damn it. it. You can... Made it? What does that mean? You can get places? <laughs> My allies, the mirror's blessing, they, they gave into the they gave into the light, but I I mean damn, I wanna go too. He looks towards that light. I wanna go. It's been a battle to resist it all this time. My soul is breaking down from the fight, but I can't be sure that I'll remember if I am brought back during the night. Not everyone does recall their time here in the feud play. Not everyone remembers, and I can't forget what I saw there. What I saw here, when I came back, I cannot forget the world's need to know. And here, the feud plane touches Sansatian in a special way I thought maybe I could get through if I just made it here. I walked, followed my instincts. I, I felt, I felt it. But I'm scared, Zebulon, that my... Wait, did I know your name before? You didn't say it, did you? Yeah. I'm My instincts told me your name is Zebulon. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if he did the like, yeah, I'm Zebulon. Anyway, Zebulon. I told him. <laughs> I told him. I told him. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fangolin said something. <laughs> I'm scared that my journey here is maybe too weak to return. I thought if I could just wander far enough, I could give my message to Gabriella, give my message to the world's but, but maybe I still can give them my message through you. Well, well, I mean, I'm, I can, I can see. I'm, I'm watching. I, I, it's like, it's like Jules is here. Who the hell is Jules? I don't know. He's, he's, he's alive. He's with Dance. He's with Gabriella. Yeah, you have a link to Gabriella right now. You can see. Huh. Yeah, they're they're going to save my friend Miskin. Is Jules a boy? That depends. I mean, you're pretty dead and weak, so. Uh yeah. Yeah, Jules is a boy. Hmm. <laughs> Get the old brother older brother stare. <laughs> he better watch his back. He's honestly, he's one of the best people I know. Alright. New. Fine, he's I safe guess. from me. You better watch out from Gabriella, though. She will kick his ass. Anyway. Yeah, I think he kind of likes it. Oh, shit. You know what? Good pairing, then. I'm fine with that. <laughs> what? What's, what's this message? What are you trying to remember? Look. Listen. I think he puts a hand, like, sort of, he, like, kneels down, puts a hand on you. Which one? I know when you were alive, that day you wanted to be a hero. You wanted to be a luminary like me, right? You can be a hero. You can still do it right here, today, right now, if you want to accept this quest from me. Kind of died a hero's death. Um, so. Hey, good for you. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that, like, I'll be a hero, but you're not making me a hero. I kind of did that <laughs> myself. <laughs> I would love more context, but I am actively fading. So, <laughs> in my time here, my days wandering, I've learned to have some control, I guess, over the workings of my soul. And I'm pretty sure I can give you my spark, as we call it here. My blood-given gift from La Katrina. This will let you return 
instead of me during the night of the remembered. I know Gabriella must have made it a friend for me. She'd want to summon me there, but I can't make it. I can't make the journey. But you can. I saw it. Huh. The ofrenda. Was it nice? It was it was really it was really sweet. What'd she give me? Was it was a bottle of poke? I don't remember. It was, says God. <laughs> yeah, it was it was that exactly. <laughs> and I totally remembered. <laughs> I wish I could taste it. Now I don't know if your body will hold this this spark. Once you return, it might fade in a matter of minutes or even seconds. I don't know. You're not. This isn't. This hasn't happened before. But I feel it. I can do it. I can move it. I can feel you. And you could feel something too, as he like his hand is like on your shoulder and it starts to connect deeper, almost like the same feeling you had with the pangolin. Something touching deep into your soul. This link. But this will be all the time you need to deliver my message. Just a matter of moments. Can I trust you? Hero. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Smiles like wide. Thank you. I've met other spirits during my travels here. Those recently dead. And they told me about Tythos. That following my death at the hands of the Storm Eye, the entire world was assumedly destroyed. The Sapphire losing its power, consumed by the keening gloom. All the lives lost. Investigation saying that they couldn't be saved. But they're wrong. I did die on Tythos to the Storm Eye's blade. And so I know I saw there were spirits in the few plane. There were deaths, but only a handful. Not an entire world, not a city. The people have been lied to. Some kind of evil tricks. You need to tell them, Zebulon. You need to tell them. Tythos is alive. They're still here? They're there? There's no there there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they are. I don't know. I just know they didn't pass through here. If a world truly died, I would have seen it. So, wherever the storm is, or leads, or... I, I, I don't know. I can't... I can't make sense of it. We don't need to. That's our lot. We pass on what we know to those yet living, those who are still due to be born to live. We let our acts form the future. If you can give my message, you can trust those in that world to understand it. Trust Gabriella and trust this jewels. I'll, I'll tell them. I'll tell them that, that we don't know. You don't know where I don't. Nobody knows where Tythos is, but it's, they're not dead. You feel something pushing into you, something electric just reverberating through your very soul, and then something new in there, fire lit. And he kind of leans back. Thank you. And if it is, Gabriella, you see when you get back, and I'm sure. <laughs> Tell her. Pauses. Actually, never mind. <laughs> she already knows. Thank you. And you see Demi Lich, something in his shoulders gives out. They just sort of slump like some great weight has been lifted from him. And the smile on his face just deepens. And he turns towards that pillar of light in the distance, still moaning, thank you. Thank you. And as it sort of 
light up his features. Olga. Gaius. Wait up, team. I'm finally coming after you. And with more energy in his step, no longer tripping over himself, no longer exhausted, proud and strong, Demilich begins to move towards that light. I always knew I'd team up with Demilich. <laughs> Until your questions have been answered, Zebulon. Your means of return is here. Maybe you, I'm sure you've heard bits and pieces of the Night of the Remembered. You know, you've been seeing people talk about it. Dance has talked about it. They talked about it when they made the, uh, the ofrendas. And this very night, your soul should be summoned back, appearing before them. And so, do you wait? Yeah, I guess all he's got to do is watch until then. Watch and chat with Jules. <laughs> Jules, Jules Mall. I didn't sign up for this. Jules Mall. Jules Mall the Pangolin. Jules Mall. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so you wait. You watch them travel to the farmstead, to the mountain peaks, saving Miskin, hearing his story, traveling back down. Night is falling as they are moving down the peaks. And then, eight o'clock hits in the material plane. The sun sinks beneath the horizon, and once again we're seeing that scene from before. But now we're seeing it from a different perspective. As the returned are brought back, as the night of the remembered begins, you watch Zebulon as the gray sky above you begins to fill with streaks of light, thousands of them all emanating from the beacon on the horizon. They shoot across the sky towards you and above you, vanishing over the horizon behind you, and something new is pulling you in their wake. And electricity courses through you, charged by some sudden force. And before you know it, you are flung from the gray ground. You and this pangolin on your shoulder. You're launching into the sky. Your body fading away and you are a streak of light as well, mingling with these other souls, feeling their excitement, their energy. Flying, flying until you hit some phantom edge to this plane. And you are slowly rising from the space between two altars resting against the side of the Milpazul Pukeria. On one, you see a bottle of fine pulk. Okay, I don't care. And a skull to Libre mask. <laughs> Way to ruin the moment, David. On the other, a pile of nondescript foodstuffs and a child-made Zebulon dolly. And then you are flying again, slower this time, over the town of Milpazul and into the sky of San Satyan, seeing through the link to jewels, even as you fly through the borderlands. A spark of light hovering over the desert. Your form seems to move on its own, seeking out those that summoned it. But the journey is long, and they are far ahead of you, deep in the recent or peaks at this point. And so you fly, and you watch. You see them leaving the peaks, traveling on horseback through the town, towards the town of Hollow. You see them entering the fissure in the ground, working through the caves, you see them entering Zavar's chamber in the mine. The fossil, the ritual, Arhalon lost to some kind of rage. A battle about to begin. And you are there, pushing through the iron doors into the chamber. You are taking form in the midst of it all. You are skeletal, yet you can see without eyes, feel without skin, hear without ears. You can't smell because it's made up. You are naked, yet you hold two sabers of gleaming bone 
by the way, plus one magic weapons. Mm-hmm. Empowered by the magic that has formed you on this night. You stand there before your brother, before jewels and dance, a hero in the spotlight. And in this moment, as you say your line, say your line. Now, wait just a damn minute. <laughs> the magic courses through you. And as we begin to roll for initiative, as this fight fully rolls out, Zebulon is also level five. Yeah. And we'll call it there. <laughs>